This is episode 84 of the Christian Travelers Network. Today we're going to be talking about what RV life is and how you can adventure out on your own. Welcome to the Christian Travelers Network, where travel stories, community, and scripture combine. Hey, Christian Traveler, if you listened last week, I mentioned that I have a new obsession with RV life. Now, many of you may be true and proud tenters, which is something that me and my husband also have recently started to explore, but if we're being totally honest, my husband is definitely a person who loves being at home, and maybe you have loved ones that are in that same boat. But I am totally one that I have regularly explored the option of traveling the world for a year, if not for a lifetime. And so trying to find that meet in the middle place, I've been drawn to the concept of RV life, which when I think of RV life, I often think of motorhomes and um, kind of slummy areas, which if you live in a motorhome, I'm so sorry. That is my stereotype that I've been raised with, and so I'm now just finally discovering the amazingness of your lifestyle and of those who actually travel on the road in their RVs so frequently. Um, and I'm so excited to share some of those things that I've finally been learning with you today. So first of all, one of the things that really draws me to RV life is just this concept of minimalization. Um, on average, the like largest RV typically ends up being about 400 square feet if you have the nice pullouts and if you get like a really large RV, 40 foot long, something like that. But in general, when you have everything you need in that much footage, uh, you really have to figure out how to be creative in terms of storage, in terms of what it is that you actually need with you on the road, um, and especially if you're going through different seasons throughout the year, uh, you have to be really creative in how you're going to store that. And just the problem solving of that and how to declutter life, that just draws me in. Like, I saw a family on one of the YouTube channels I've been watching recently who turn their table into a storage thing. Uh, it kind of drops down into like a, it's basically a big box and the top comes up and inside they store all their plates, their silverware, everything they need for their daily meals. And they only have four plates with them, enough for their, for the two parents and their two kids. And so you just wash your dish immediately after and then go on to, you go about your day. And it's just this concept of decluttering things. Um, I, I am a materialistic person, but I don't think I am super duper materialistic, but yet there's always room for improvement in that. Um, my husband is more materialistic than I. He definitely has more sentiment and value to objects than I do. I tend to really love, like, letters and things from people. Um, whenever I travel, I totally, like, love sending postcards or keeping um, touristy things that I got from that. But then outside of that, like, decorations, one of the first things I get rid of. So maybe I'm weird, but minimalization and just this concept of we're two young adults and the housing market where we live is insanely expensive. Getting, like, your starter home is 
$225,000. Take it or leave it, we believe that a lot of what Dave Ramsey teaches about paying for your house in full up front with cash, like, that's the way to go, and that's our true goal. Um, But we're so far from that right now that it's kind of like, will we ever be there? Um, And so this idea that an RV, yes, it costs a lot of money, but it's nowhere near that amount. And then we could just live in it and travel and get to see the world. So these are some of the things that just draw me into this lifestyle. And maybe those are just too much for you. I get that. But they totally draw me in. And now the the next thing that when I got drawn in was I didn't realize how many different types of RVs there are. The first thing you have to distinguish between RVs are there there is the trailer kinds and there is like the motorized kinds. The trailer kinds are ones that you typically hook onto another vehicle and you pull behind you and then there's the motorized ones where you sit up front in the vehicle and you drive it Um, and sometimes people attach a vehicle to the back and pull it behind. Sometimes the spouse sits in there and drives and you just follow each other wherever you're going. And I read somewhere that it's actually probably more gas efficient for you not to pull the other vehicle and probably a little more stable to not tow your vehicle. But if you RV full-time, please find us on Facebook or Instagram and share with us, what do you think? Is it better to pull a trailer or pull your vehicle or not? And how do you do it? We would love to know because this is my new obsession and I'm very excited about it. So, with the trailers, there's a couple different kinds. Um, The classic ones are the travel trailer. Um, It's pulled behind. It's got pretty much everything you have for a typical RV. um, And um, it's towed behind you. And it's like, if you pull a pop-up camper, you're going to just put it on the ball of your hitch and tow it behind you. That's kind of the same setup for a travel trailer. It typically has all of the normal accommodations that you would have in a normal RV, um, but it's usually smaller footage. The fifth wheel is also a tow behind, but this is something that you have to pull with a pickup. It, like, comes down from above and hitches onto your vehicle, and I'm not fully sure how, so... If you do this full-time, please explain this to me because I haven't actually found the quite the right verbiage or exactly, like, what that all means. Um, but I know it's something that with our current vehicle we couldn't do because we don't have a truck. Um, so it's a fifth wheel. It's usually more stable than the travel trailer, um, and it's easier to pull behind, but it is long, and it is longer, so you have more space. Um, but again, it's something that you pull. And a lot of RVers that I've seen, they like this style a lot, but their primary reason for liking this one is because they, it has so much space, but it isn't a motor vehicle. So they don't actually sit in the front and drive. So for them, it feels like, okay, this is my home and it's this separate space. And when I travel, I sit in my car, I drive, pull it behind, and then when I get there, I set it all up. And so it's just like their stable home, whereas with a motorhome, you're living and driving in it, and so they feel like that's a little bit more weird. Um, And then the other option is a toy hauler. Um, 
my best description of this is it's a it looks similar to the travel trailer it's that same hookup to your hitch um but it has like a back end that opens up and you can like bring things on um like you if you had a bike and you wanted to like bring it on um the back of your rv would just kind of like fall down into a ramp and you could bring your bike on in something like that um I don't know in which situation it's best for what. Um, I did see this really cool shot of a toy hauler RV and it was like in a national park and this person had a Peloton bike and they were just biking away on their Peloton and and it was shot from one of those drone cameras. And so you start off on this person and they're on the back of their toy hauler and they're biking away on the little platform in the back and then it pans out and you can see this vast gorgeous landscape and they're just doing their workout in the middle of nowhere boondocking which is a new word I've learned um and they're just enjoying the view with her peloton bike um if you don't know what boondocking is so if you like go to a typical campground you usually have water uh you have electricity and you're able to dump um any of your shower or toilet uh liquids down a drain well boondocking is when you fill up your vehicle with all the water and 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 for electricity a lot of people will do solar energy um, with those panels across the top of their vehicle so that you're boondocking and so you are out in the middle of nowhere like you could park in a walmart parking lot or you could park in the middle of a national park and you don't have to have an actual campsite because all your amenities are there Um, but you're just limited to the amount of water that you use to last fill up and however much your solar power allows you to go, which a lot of people, that's all they need. So, um, yeah, those are some things. So those are the trailers that are typical for an RV life. The travel trailer, the fifth wheel, and the toy hauler. Now, on the other side, we have motor vehicles, class A, class B, and class C. To me, if you're going to do classes and they're going to be alphabetical, they should, like, go by size, but they don't. Class B is, like, the smallest of them. Like, if you've ever seen, like, the 80s van um, that has, like, a bed in the back, like, that's what comes to mind here. Or, like, one of those, like, little buses, small vans where, like, you have, like, 12 passengers, 12 to 15 passengers in it, except instead of that, you have, like, a mini kitchen and a bed and, like, some basic amenities. It's probably not everything you need. I don't even know if they have showers. Maybe they do, um, but I can tell you that this is not how I would want to live because it seems a little cramped, um, but there's some people that this is how they go about life, and this is what they travel in, and they do it full-time, and they even have kids. I've seen it. It's crazy, um, so this is something that you obviously drive because it's motorized. It's a Class B motorhome, and it's super tiny, but it is an option, so then from there, we're gonna go to Class C, Um, It is slightly larger. It feels a lot like, um, I mean, it it is an RV. It can have uh, those nice features, but it's 
it's still going to be smaller than your typical, like when you think of the really big lawn RVs, it, it's like a mini, <laughs> it's a mini RV. And um, sometimes they have kind of this overhead area, that's where you sleep. And so that's like over the cabin of where you drive. That's where the bed usually is. Not in all scenarios, not all shapes and sizes, but um, that way you have like above where you drive is where you're sleeping and then you have more space to live and do all your other necessities. But class A motorhomes, uh, gas or diesel, these are the really big large ones that are like 400 square feet and um, can cost, I, I've seen everywhere from like $30,000 to $350,000 depending on what nice kind of amenities are in there. Now, with all of this being said, so I've introduced you to a bunch of different types of RVs. Now I need to take a moment and introduce you to, like, if you think that RV life is just, like, ugly <laughs> camo greenish furniture, you're oddly mistaken. Like, that is what I grew up with. That's what I know. That's kind of what I think of. And, and oftentimes still when... RVs are made that might be their typical interiors unless you're paying for like an upper end price but there is this whole world out there called RV renovations and if you haven't explored it on Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, and anywhere else you need to because it's like these gorgeous looking homes like it, it makes me want to redo um, it makes me want to own our apartment and be able to totally remodel it. It makes me obviously want to own an RV and do this too. But, like, people, like, totally gut them all out. They repaint it. Typically, they paint it white so it looks so much more spacious than it is. And they get all these cute color-coded, like, furniture and everything. And I don't know why I didn't think of it, but, like, you can, like, go buy, um furniture from your typical favorite furniture store and put it in your RV. Now, some of that varies because um, some of the RVs, they do like the side pullouts. And so there's a limited amount of space, the R the, a limited amount of depth there. So it has to match the depth of the pullout. And so sometimes you can't get as deep of a couch maybe as you would in like your normal living room. Like there's some really wide and deep couches in our world and those might not fit perfectly in our RV. But uh, you can get a good quality furniture that you really love, brands you love, and just put them in there. And totally remodel things and there's people that RV flip for a living like if you've watched people um like flip homes they buy them they renovate them they make them all nice they flip them and sell them there's people who RV flip for a living and they make them either custom to the customer or they just like do this for fun they try all these cool things and they sell them and so if you just, like, didn't want to renovate it all yourself and you have the money, you can just, like, buy a flipped RV and they're absolutely gorgeous. Never would have thought of that, but it's super cool. I even found someone who RV flips in my small hometown in Iowa. And I was just like, whoa, what a crazy world that I've totally been missing out on. Now, the other question that I would totally love your guys' feedback on, especially if you do RV regularly, is what is the best RV brand? Um, 
I've heard all kinds of great things. The one I've heard the most on is Keystone, and that's primarily because one of the big name RV flippers, like, that is her sole company she works with because she did a lot of research on, like, what's best to gut an RV and what has the strongest and the best, like, bones, um, so that when she rebuilds and reworks it, like, she doesn't have to worry about bad infrastructure. So, it's kind of cool to just see how she renovates and makes all these things, and she talks about the Keystone RV brand a lot, um, but I know there's a whole bunch of other ones out there, so if you have a favorite, please let me know. And then another interesting thing is that if you're RVing full-time, there's so many different ways to do that. For instance, if you go to a campground, oftentimes they have month-long leases or something. So, like, if you would do a typical night, it might cost you 40, 50 bucks to stay, depending on what campground you're at. Um, but then if you are leasing or, like, choose to stay there long-term and pay for, like, a month at a time, the price is gonna be cut down drastically per night. And so suddenly, um, Instead of paying 900 bucks for a month if you're paying normal prices, now suddenly you're paying like 500 And to me, that just seems like a, a way to also financially save. Like, rather than paying for our apartment on a regular basis, now we have an RV life, um, and we just save up that way and eventually get a house. You know, th these are the ideas running around in my head. I've heard some interesting things about Thousand Hills. It's, um, it's like a membership. You pay for a year long of using Thousand Hills, and they have campgrounds across the United States that, um, you just have to let them know, hey, I'm staying here tonight or for this amount of time, and that, like, $600, $700 you paid at the start of the year, um, means that you can stay at any of them at any point in time. So, if you wanted to stay in Texas and then go to California and then over, I think, like, to Florida or Georgia or something, like, you could just kind of go wherever you wanted, and as long as you ended up staying at a thousand hills, you have no additional fees. So, that's pretty cool. Um, but I've also heard some things about some of the thousand hills because not being as well maintained. Um, so I don't really know. I don't know. There's good things, bad things. It's kind of all over the place. Um... And one of the RVers that I have really been enjoying, and I just, like, they don't know me, they don't, I'm not sponsored by them in any way, but they're RVers that I just wanted to point out, because as Christian travelers, like, it's great to know what options we have to travel, um, but it's also even better when we can get some inspiration from Christian travelers who are doing this full-time, so, um... So I just wanted to share with you that one that I am following is called Rockin' and Rolling. Um, if you look up Rockin' and Rolling RV, you'll see their YouTube channel, and it's just interesting to see, like, what, how they are homeschooling their kids, how God led the husband from youth ministry to, like, owning a home and starting a YouTube channel, and how the wife was kind of led then to in RV life because her sister was out there doing this all the time. And now they're homeschooling their kids, they're traveling all the time, and it's, it's just some interesting stories. Um, he makes guitars all the time, and so his YouTube channel is about guitars and guns, 
and uh, they talk about their faith and the things that they learned at the churches that they visit and Sunday school with their kids and then just what life in an RV is like. So super inspiring and I watch it and binge watch it and rewatch it and <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's kind of what I've recently learned about RV life and um, if you travel regularly and you travel with an RV, tell me more. I am so excited to hear about that. And if this is something that interests you, um, I hope that you check out Rockin' and Rollin' and start looking for what kind of RV you want and what other kind of exciting adventures there are. Um, one of the new things that I want to start on this podcast is always kind of ending with a little story about how I've seen God in my travels recently. A couple weeks ago, my husband and I got to travel up to Indianapolis, which for being like a straight shot up from us is basically in a different time zone, which is so weird. Time zones are so bizarre. But as we were driving, we passed through a national forest and it was absolutely gorgeous. We got up at like six in the morning, a little before sunrise, and went out and took some absolutely gorgeous pictures. Um, and it was super peaceful. Um, and it was just kind of this nice, relaxing time with family and friends. So, um, I don't know. It was just, I enjoy nature and I don't often take the time. Um, I don't take the time as often as I should for that. So just the fact that we got to drive through there on our way up was just super relaxing, super peaceful. We had a really good time. Um, and God was definitely in that drive, just keeping us going. So, so yeah, uh, that was a recent God story with us. If you enjoyed today's episode, could you please leave a review for us on Google and share what you enjoyed from today's thing. Also, share your RV advice on our Facebook and Instagram posts. Absolutely would love that. Would love to learn more about that. And then if you are looking to book your next travel adventure and are wanting to take it a little further and have some God elements within it, our devotional resources and things are being sold on our website and I am willing to book your next adventure. Now, if right now you aren't feeling comfortable, that's totally okay. I respect that COVID is real. Um, but when you get to that point and you're looking to book your next college trip or your next family adventure, please consider contacting us at christiantravelers.net. Until next time, stay safe safe travels, and God bless.